Well, hi everyone and welcome to episode 60 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jackson, and today we're going to be talking all about how to structure your units based on how students learn. Now, this is episode 60, so if you want to grab the show notes, head over to teacherspd.net slash 60, you'll see the video for this episode. And there's also a workbook that I've created for you to complete. And if you actually complete it and then submit back to me, I'm trialing something where I'm going to actually provide you with one hour of NESA accredited PD, or if you're not from New South Wales, I'll send you a certificate that shows that you have completed that booklet and get some PD hours for that. And so this is something I'm going to try with a few episodes and see if people are interested in this. So if you're interested in some free PD based on listening to this and putting it into practice, then jump over to teacherspd.net slash 60 and grab that workbook. So when we talk about memory and how students learn, there's three different types of memory. The first is sensory, the second is working memory, and then the third is long-term. Now that shouldn't be new information to you, but we'll just kind of run through them a bit and talk about how it works. So sensory information obviously is everything that we see, hear, et cetera, our senses. It's very short, and our brain is trained to filter most of that information out, and it's very well adapted to working out what it needs to focus on, what it doesn't very quickly. Now, only things that you actually pay attention to will get moved into the working memory for processing. And that means that when you're teaching, it's really important that you have some way to highlight the information that is important and draw your students' attention to it. And that can be by repeating yourself. So you might say again that it's important to do something that gets the student's attention and draws it to whatever the information is. So just repeating yourself over and over again. Uh, You might slow down and spell it out, or maybe you'll pause and give the students a chance to actually engage with what you've just said, maybe tell them to take some notes about what you just said, etc. So you might use phrases too when you're talking to your students or as you're explaining something that you might say, listen to this and then go through it. Or you could say, this is really important and then highlight it or go through it with your students. And so that's one way to just help your students get attention to then shift something from sensory into the working memory. Now, once it's in the working memory, there's a fair bit of debate about how long this is going to last uh, from a few seconds to you know three days. Let's just presume that what we're talking about with working memory is anything that's around 24 hours from the first point of contact. Now, in order to move things from our working memory into our long-term memory, we need to do things that help our students to code the information or process this information in order for it to be stored. So ways to do this is you can help by linking the new ideas with ideas and information that students already have that helps them to process and store that. You can also identify and address preconceived ideas and understandings that the students might have. And that's really important. If you set things up in a particular way where the students are gonna say, oh, I know this is gonna happen or I think this is what's uh, coming, And then you show them that actually it's not. You're addressing those preconceived ideas and they're bringing into the focused part of processing what they already know. And that then helps them to store correct information and retrieve it. Now, the long-term memory has an infinite capacity, but that infinite capacity comes with its issues. So having this long-term storage also means that if it's not all stored well and filed correctly, it can be hard to actually pull that information back out later. And it's that recall process 
that we actually need to work on a lot more with our long-term memory because that's the bit that's difficult with our long-term memory things. And so essentially what we need to do is build that highway. So you improve your recall by doing lots and lots of practice, pulling the information out of long-term memory over and over again. And the more frequently that you're pulling it out, the stronger the neural pathways are that are built, which enables you to pull them out faster and to be able to use them easier. Okay, so we're building that neural highway. So some things you can do in your programs or in your units as you're teaching is you can actually uh, tell them that they are successful. Tell your students that they are successful because they put in such a great effort, not because they're smart or just because they're gifted. And what that does is it actually focuses the attention then on their effort. And when we're talking about shifting things from working memory into long-term memory, the more effort, the more processing, and the more time that they spend working on coding that information, the better they're going to be. Whereas if you say that it's, you know, well done, you're smart, then that's actually going to decrease the amount of effort that they put in. So increasing their effort by talking to them about, oh, you did that really well, you must have worked really hard, you know, that kind of phrasing will help them. And so how are you going to build into your units your wording or even just making sure that you are focusing on the effort that students are putting in. Next, it's better if the students are doing study and then doing some practice tests uh, when it comes to getting things into long-term memory. So you might go, all right, here's the new information and then I'm gonna test you and test you and test you and then uh, we're gonna check your understanding a week later and they will do better because they've done those tests. However, if you're looking for really short-term things, if they just study, like if they read it, read it, read it, read it, and then they do a test five minutes later, they will do really well. In fact, they'll do the best that you can do for prepping for a five-minute later test. But a week later, they're gonna do quite poorly compared to the student who studied and did multiple tests because the tests themselves are actually forcing the students to process that recall information, not putting new, the information in, but actually recalling it. And practicing that recall helps it to be able to be recalled longer term. Another thing to help with this is this idea of spaced repetition. Now this is basically the idea that I'm gonna get exposed to it initially, and I'm gonna recall it again the next day, recall it two days later, or a week later, or a month later. And you're forcing them to actually constantly be recalling it before they kind of store it away and forget it. Uh, so you want them to actually be constantly recalling it. It helps it to be to develop those pathways to that information that's been coded into the long-term memory. And so putting that into your units as you are developing them and saying, you know, here are my times where I'm actually going to do some revision and force my students to recall things and get them to do that a week later or two weeks later, putting in that extra quiz or any other kind of activity that just forces recall. Now, you can also get a few more uh, strategies in episode 44. So just go to teacherspd.net slash 44. You'll find five strategies that you can use to help transfer working memory into long-term memory in that episode as well. Now, finally, I want to tell you about my three in 24 principle. This is something I teach my students to do. And then I kind of guide them with as they go throughout a term or more in my class. So the first thing is, so three in 24 is about three exposures to the information within 24 hours. And this helps the students to develop that, their ability to remember it you know, weeks later and putting the information into long-term memory. So the first might be that they're learning it in my class. The second exposure will be when they go home, they might write a summary or a flashcard as part of their study. Uh, and then the next morning, I want them to actually apply it, be forced to recall the information. Maybe they're gonna write a practice exam type question, or maybe they're gonna write a little mini 
essay or something like that. But having that three times within 24 hours and having a sleep in between the second exposure and the third one helps the students to do really well in terms of storing that into longer term memory and then build that in with space repetition and you're doing excellent. Okay, so think about how you could do that, how you might include that in your units for your students. So this week, I want you to go through and think about how you're gonna highlight important information by saying something like, this is important. Okay, how you're gonna address students' preconceptions and link the new ideas with the old ideas that the student already has. How are you gonna help the students to process and store the information? Okay, and you can do that through uh, focused deep thinking and processing activities and focusing your feedback on their effort and not on them being you know, really smart at what they're doing. You also can use some form of recall like a test or revision and do it frequently, spacing out that kind of space repetition or maybe you're going to teach your students the three in 24 principle. It'd be great for you to have a look and see what you can do with those for your units or even just apply it to your lesson in your class. Well, that's it for this episode. Episode 60 is done, all about how you can incorporate how students learn into your programs. Head over to teacherspd.net slash 60 to get your workbook. If you wanna submit it into the Google form that's on that page as well, you will get a certificate. Or if you're from New South Wales, you can get a one hour NESA accredited PD. Now, of course, if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you leave a review about this podcast either on Apple or you can jump over to Google or something or on Facebook and leave a review on there that's referring to the podcast. That'd be fantastic. I would highly appreciate that. And then I want to connect with you personally as well. So head on over to the Facebook Effective Teaching Podcast community. That's just a group in there. I would love you to come and join me there and we can interact there or come and follow me on Instagram and my account at Dan Jackson TPD. Well, until next week, see you then.